Welcome back to season two of the Herald's podcast. I'm joined today uh, by Diana. She's an amazing young woman, uh, mother of five. Um, she is an evangelist. She's a soldier. She's a Salvationist from the Upper Hutt Salvation Army. And she's just all round an exciting human being. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> That's, you're wonderful. So Diana yeah. uh, is a friend of mine, full disclosure, yeah. uh, but she's also a woman who I see the Spirit of God shining really brightly through, and I wanted to um, catch up with her to see if we can learn a little bit about how you, Diana, got to be the way you are. Yeah. Okay. Got to be the way. I, uh, well, actually, growing up, I was very shy. Really? Very shy. Like right now I'm very open and everything. But yeah, growing up I was very shy, but um, a happy girl. But I guess just in different circumstances, situations, you know, I yeah. grew, they started to grow up and get louder <laughs> and to say, here I am. So, yeah. What do you think changed over that period of time to help your voice come out? Yeah, to help my voice come out, growing up a bit of like emotional abuse, um, there was physical abuse um, with exes and having a bad um, relationship. So as I got older, that's when I started to get a louder, but not in, not loud in a confident way. Wow. Yeah, loud in um, an attention kind of seeking help way that now that I can see back and go, oh my goodness, that girl was so broken, she needed help. Mm. So it wasn't confidence within Jesus, it was confidence in seeking the worldly desires. Mm. Yeah, and so life-changing coming to where I am now is more peaceful, but saying in the past it was very... Yeah, very very sad and broken. Yeah, let's put it there. <laughs> was there a hard transition from, um, as you said, experiencing mm. um, abuse and um, like suffering at the hands of others mm. to then come into a community um, or to come into Jesus's kind of world? What was that transition like or how did that happen for you? Oh, Absolutely. I mean, at times of being young and feeling alone and broken, I used to go by myself. And so mm. where my thoughts were by myself were actually dangerous instead of being, like I say, where I am at a place now. But yeah, very, very times of yeah, needing Jesus and, and seeking out Jesus, but not knowing who he was to coming to a time now where I even started coming to church my sister, she used to take me to church along, you know. Wow. I had little pockets of church in my life, mm. but never followed through because how could they accept me? They don't know what I've been through. Yeah. They don't know how I feel. Everyone here looks perfect. I remember right up three years ago, because it's coming up to three years being a soldier, but three years ago, having put on that uniform, even mm. sitting in church, I still wasn't confident. I knew I was going to give over everything to Jesus, but I always had those thoughts in the back of my mind, the devil or once upon a time people saying that I'm not worthy, I'm mm. going to mount to nothing, you're useless, all of this. So it's like Jesus taking and clothing that, you know, yeah. and clothing that, stripping that away. But fully now I'm like, I feel that Jesus is on my heart, especially particularly this year, to say, speak out. Mm. It is the time, it is your time, you know, to share with people how, what we're like in real life, not what we're like on YouTube mm. or Facebook or Instagram or anything like reality of 
being yourself and and seeking out if you need help and seeking out if you need to talk with someone. So real stories. And that comes with surrendering. Mm. Yeah, because I was hard and bitter and broken. So how can I get over to the transition of being Mm. like, here I am vulnerable when all my trust was broken? I actually got this tattooed on my wrist a long time ago at 17. What does it say? It says, love is what you do, not what you say. And capitals, love do not say. I used to have fatherly figure, um, abusive boyfriend at the time. But I used to look at them like they were God, you know, and they said, say, I love you, I love you. But some of the actions were not love, Mm. you know. I remember when I had an abortion to my Mm. um, ex-abusive partner, my first relationship, and um, at 17. Mm. And I wanted to keep my baby, but that voice, they see that voice, that voice being Mm. not being able to be heard because the people that you're with or the confidence. I didn't have that confidence to say, no, I'm going to keep my baby. Like now I have five beautiful children, married, all glory and thanks to God, obviously, because that's another story. But at the time, it was I couldn't speak out. So in saying meeting Jesus and falling in love with Jesus mm. and surrendering daily to Jesus helps me now to, well, this is where we are. We're at your home podcast. Hello. So you've seen you've seen a transformation from a voice that uh, speaks out to get attention from a space of mm. neglect or not having that attention that's positive yeah. and holy and holistic maybe. And yet now you said Jesus and the love Jesus has in the community around you has meant that you are flourishing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, from... <laughs> I mean, even people from the past would see me or new friends or would meet me and they'd be like, and, and so what did you used to do before this? Because I just look at you and you're so organised the way you drop off your kid. And, wow. and I said, well, actually, in the past, I wasn't organised. Like, I was definitely a workaholic, but I was also a drug addict, an alcoholic. Wow. I was actually suffering with those sides because I was putting it on myself. Mm. Instead of being like, I actually need Jesus, but actually seeking out the worldly desires. But now here I am with five children. These children, in a way, Jesus had given me them to save Mm -hmm. my life. Wow. Because growing up, I always said, if I was to have a baby, I would make sure that that baby wasn't to feel not necessarily unloved so much that I didn't, Mm -hmm. but to feel everything that I wish I could have mothered myself to break the chain. Wow. I love that. And what did that look like for you to meet Jesus or to uh, experience Jesus for the first time? Do you remember that kind of realness? Yeah, the realness. I was actually, I wrote, yeah, experienced Jesus for the first time. It was my, one of my good friends, I was 12 years old, going over to um, one of the Hawke's Bay worship music events in Hastings. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, what are my peers going to think? Like mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with a Christian girl. I, I'm, not, I'm not Christian, you know, back then. Uh, I don't really, but I just loved how she was light. Wow. She, she had Jesus light. Yeah. It was the altar call at the end of the music. Everyone who, you know, wants to call Jesus upon that. And I, and I was thinking to myself, I want to go up. But the fear, it was like a wall in wow. front of me. What would my friends think? What would my family think? What would my family think? Mm. Wouldn't you think of, would your family be encouraging or, mm, you know, so I had those insecurities. Yeah, I was scared. This lady in front of us, she was praying. 
As she was praying, she turned around, looked me dead in the eye and she said, I feel the Holy Spirit speaking to me and just want to say to um, you specifically, don't be afraid. Wow. Jesus wants you to come forward. And I looked at her and that was it. Just that one where Jesus wants you, Jesus wants you to come forward. Wow. I walked straight up there and gave my life to Jesus, not thinking anything of it. But that night, came home, really buzzing out. My friend had stayed the night and I went and had a vivid dream. So the vivid dream was this dog leading me, led me to my sister's house. No one was home. This dog leading me to my dad's house. No one was home. And I, and it was coming into nighttime. So that means coming into being dark, being alone, being vulnerable. The sky was dark and purple. And I remember just waking up going, oh my goodness, I had a dream. What does this mean? I was like, ask my friend, has God spoken to me? What have we got? And she was at, she's like, Wow. That is such a vivid dream. And so we're analyzing this dream together. Mm. And as I, I sit now, um, 32 years old, and I look back at this dream 12 years ago, and I can analyze and say that the dog was God, spelt mm. backwards, because I'm lyrical, writing, singing, mm. and saying that when the people that you see aren't in your life or aren't home, the ones closest to you, look for me and I will lead you. Wow. The Jesus wants me, speaking to that deep like need that we all have eh, and the lack that comes when we have been uh, someone saying I love you and yet the actions say yeah. otherwise yeah. and yet Jesus says I want you, yeah. I love you, yeah. I, need you. I need you. Has it been a big transition for you joining the Salvation Army and becoming a soldier from uh, other types of churches? What did that look like? Yeah, because... So before Salvation Army, I know nothing about Salvation Army, you know, <laughs> I didn't even, I mean, I knew it was a church, I knew it gave food, food bank, and like, that's what mm. I know, like donations, it's such a good church, everything moral like that, um, but I came, my background, like we say, was a Baptist church, mm. so 2011, went to Mackay Baptist Church, 2012, had Serena, my second daughter over there, and then 2013 actually separating over in Mackay and coming out here to Upper Heart with two children and, yeah, basically homeless Um, and coming to live, change my, you know, have a new life, change my life, come over here. But it wasn't like that. (laughs) Coming to Salvation Army, I just, I remember breaking down definitely um, and going, oh, my goodness, this is, this is, this feels like home when I was a single mum of two children. Wow. So that was another encounter. And then I've also, when I worked here in Upper Heart, I had two Salvation Army people come into my work different times. Yeah. Yeah. What is it that you saw when you came to the Salvation Army? So hearing someone's testimony, there's something powerful within it. You saw something that made you stay. Yeah. I saw... um, all types of walks of life. Mm. I've been to many churches. I've been to Mormon church, Catholic church, mm. you name them. I've been to them, and it's good. And they're all, you know, they're all great. All the great churches I've been to. But when I came to Salvation Army, I saw people just like how I was, mm. and that made me feel feel um, feel feel the not feel the same. Feel wanted. I saw. Walks of life, I saw people of different nationalities, unity, identity, and it, it stuck with me. Mm. So um, my 30, 30th birthday, and um, we're toasting, we're praying, but in a wine glass, I'm pouring water. I'm sitting at the table in the middle like Jesus, and I look, and Jesus is like just giving me this Holy Spirit moment, like, look around you. Mm. There are your sisters here. 
and there are your family and we're all sitting together. So coming to the Salvation Army is like we're all sitting together with Jesus. That's how I felt. Isn't that amazing that throughout um, our chat together, it's been the story of um, being wanted and included, being surrounded by people who don't just say that they love you but show you that they love you. It's it's taken a long time to feel accepted and, and not by people by myself with Jesus, mm-hmm. the relationship that you and Jesus has is, um, you know, you like Jesus loves me for me, for everything that I am. But to really feel that and know it, mm. that you are a loved daughter of Christ or a loved son of Christ, to claim that back, it's like, well, I've got that and there's something changing and it's like you cannot stop it. It's like when you have that personal connection with Jesus, when you're seeking him out, which for many years, like I say, I'd be 33 this year, so from 2011, even basically when I really wanted to come to Christ, it has been an on and off journey. It hasn't been mm. like rainbows and unicorns and candy falling out of the sky. It's been storms. It's just like, oh my goodness, I come to Jesus and I thought miracles are, you know, miracles do happen. But what makes us persistent and persevere, especially me, is daily have to seek him out. Mm. Every second have to seek him out. Praying. How does that look for you? So I mentioned um, in the intro that you are an evangelist. You love God. You just joined the leadership team of the Salvation Army Upper Heart Corps. How do you manage to look after your own spiritual growth and life while also longing to minister um, in many different platforms? How do I look after myself? Um, I'm reminded when I do go to church through our core officers and whoever one, whoever who anyone gets to share their testimony, I take bits out. Like I, I write down everything. If anyone says something, I'm like, yeah, write that down, save that for a rainy day. I really now pray before I speak to my children or my husband. And I notice when I don't pray in the morning, early in the morning, could be three in the morning, could be seven. It doesn't have a time I'm praying. So I I would say spiritually taking care of myself now is prayer and staying connected. Beautiful. Before COVID, actually, my fifth son, Zion, was born. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't think I could carry on being a soldier. I had to be reminded by letting my would you say Christian or family or, you know, the connection through Salvation Army, being open Mm. with them in conversation, like I'm struggling with this and having that connection, having that, it's like a little lifeline because Jesus gives us the lifeline, but you too, to save yourself, I need to do, it's just like if you join the gym, okay? Mm. You need a workout. No, thank you. But, no. <laughs> but if you join the gym, you need a workout. Mm. You want to go on the diet plan. You want to. Well, if you're if you're a follower in Christ, prayer, mm. seeking His kingdom first to come through us, and therefore we go out. It's just like when I see a cross now, I get it. So we need to go up to keep mm. fixing our eyes on Jesus in order to say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? To get that down to us, and then to spread it out. Oh, I like that. To give it out. Yeah. Because we can't just keep going out, giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out, and then at the end of the day turn around and go, I've done this mm. and I've done that. Well, yeah, you, you you have done it and that's amazing. But where have you actually got your spiritual food or your spiritual water from? And um, Jesus wants to be the well for you. And you want to be the well for others. Mm. And then there's some people who go up and up and up and up and they just never spread and, out and to share what, it. Amen, sister. And that's what I mean. Because like I said, if I had given up soldier a year ago, 
uh, I wouldn't be called into leadership now. Mm. So, you know, it's encouraging. If it can happen to me, man, it can happen to anyone. A hundred percent. A hundred ten. hundred thousand. No take backs, period. Uh, Diana, thank you so much yeah. for sharing mm. this slice of heaven, the slice of your heart with us. You talk about honesty and openness yeah. and being brave enough to reach out and let your voice be heard even when things aren't going perfectly, not just being uh, looking good or looking a certain way and pretending you're okay. What would you say to a woman who really longs to know and be known but is afraid or too scared that she'll be rejected if she's honest about where she's at? What would you say? Not looking out. Not looking out right now. Look within yourself. If these are the desires that your heart is calling for, pray on each of those specific desires and those requests and ask them to Jesus because your heavenly Father is going to answer you. He's going to answer you with someone coming into your life, mm-hmm. with someone on the pathway that he sends forward. I mean, I always used to think, oh, I'm a mother of five. I haven't done Bible college. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And then God says, well, hang on. It's not about about what you can't do it's what about I can do through you mm. so when we pray within ourselves and we ask him because it's just like I'm a mother of five I know what my children need and when they need to eat and when they need to go to bed and Jesus knows exactly what you need so asking him what you need when you start looking out it starts becoming anxious anxiety you know but when you look within Jesus says you've got everything already now girlfriend you've got love you've got peace you've got all the things lined up, but you have to ask in me. And there, there, when you when you feel him spiritually connected, praying, reading your Bible, turn to Matthew's. <laughs> That's where I started. Um, turning into Matthew's, you know, the love of the New Testament, mm. because hearing those words, what a father speaks into yourself as a woman that's the encouragement that you just only need him and then you're able to you know go Mm. out and then you're able to step out and then you're able to speak out how I'm doing right now beautiful Diana thank you so much for your honesty and your vulnerability and your Mm. commitment to Jesus even when it is not even especially when it's tough I love this can I pray with you yes God, I thank you that we can trust you. Yes, Lord. That no matter how many times we've been let down or left out or left behind, Mm. you still turn to us and say, I want you. Mm. I want you to follow me. I want you to lay down that burden. Take my yoke. It is Mm. easy and light and I am gentle. Mm. Thank you for Diana. Thank you for her walking uh, that beam uh, across uh, oceans, mm. across churches, <laughs> across distances and relationships to you, even at times when it's been tricky. Mm. She set her eyes to you, uh, mm. knowing that if she keeps her eyes on you, she'll win the race mm. and have the job well done. So thank you for your faithful servant, Diana. Thank you for all of the people in our community, in our family, in her family, in the workplace and home, everywhere that her voice is going to reach right now and will continue to long after we're gone, uh, that these are the words of an anointed prophet who loves you. Thank you for Diana and her gentleness and faithfulness uh, and her knowledge that you are the Father who loves us beyond measure and gives us what we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ah, we did it. We did it. And that was just like so real, wasn't it? I love that. We would love to keep the discussion going. 
head on over to our community on Facebook and Instagram and look for this episode's discussion post to join in 